Hello and welcome to the Cards HQ Louisville Sports Insiders Podcast. I'm Dominique Gates. Joining me as always is Cameron Teague Robinson. Cameron, eventful weekend for you to say the least. Yeah, at least an eventful Sunday. Yeah. Um, I think a little more a little more drama than anybody really expected. But hey, Cards going bowling, good location. I know we were kind of hinting at it a few weeks ago saying, hey, Let's go to Nashville. Yeah, it didn't seem like that. There was not much drama in the fact that, like, we all knew Louisville was going to the Music City Bowl. I just who they were playing. The under- <laughs> yeah, I think that was understood. Even really uh, after the Kentucky game, I think you knew that's where they would go. It's just be who they would play. Um, mm-hmm. Then that's where all the drama was. I think even even up until Sunday morning, I thought you could get Mississippi State in there or Tennessee. And then, like, the whole day, I was hearing Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Yeah. And then immediately, then it's tweet. It's like reported Tennessee, and then it's immediately changed to Mississippi State. Right, it was a very hectic situation. So it went from not only Louisville but Kentucky as well. It went yeah. from being like, "Oh, these are pretty cool matchups," yeah. to, eh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's about the best way yeah. to describe them. Yeah. Because I mean, one minute it looked like, "Okay, you're going to have Kentucky playing IU, yeah. you're going to have Louisville playing Tennessee." It's yeah. like, oh boy, that's a, yeah. you know a good little pretty, draw. Yeah, it's really you know, good. so and then that switch so. It didn't take the, the the thunder or the, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. The thunder, or the lightning, yeah. or the excitement, yeah. or the fireworks, or excitement, <laughs> the sunshine, the rainbows. Excitement. It didn't take that out of it, but that was just um, yeah, it would still I mean, part of it yeah, though. They're I mean, still playing I think in a ball if game. You would have had, I think, the attendance at the Music City Bowl would be pretty good regardless. But if you had yeah. Tennessee, Louisville, that place would have sold out in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I still think it should be a pretty good crowd, depending on what the weather's like. But and what Mississippi State, how they're going to travel, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I still think it's a pretty good get pretty good draw for the Swiss for Louisville. You can't get and Satterfield caught it an ideal scenario. Yeah. I mean, you really can't two and a half hour drive. You don't team doesn't have to do a lot of traveling. Um, fans and family don't have to do a lot of traveling. December thirtieth. Yeah. Yep. It's like so it's, it's after bef- Christmas and before New Year's. Yep, so, so you, it's kind of it really is. It's great for and them it's and a few days after UK Louisville basketball. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it being on the same day or the day before. Yeah, um, you can cut. You can walk, you can t- go to that game, take a day off from your your fandom, and then shoot down to Nashville. Yeah, so I mean it really is perfect well. ideal scenario, and I mean I love it. Yeah, like I said, we we kind of j- hinted like, hey, we want to have Christmas, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and and be able to enjoy New Year's. So yeah, it seems like you know that'll work out in that way as well. But yeah, four o'clock, December thirtieth, Mississippi State is going to be Louisville Music City Bowl in Nashville. So. Uh, Cameron will be prepared uh, for that, but I guess to I don't want to wrap up the season because the season's not over yet. But just to wrap up the regular season, yeah. first guy Satterfield because that is of course the purpose of this podcast. Just looking at year one, seven and five, mm-hmm. got a bowl game. Uh, what do you take away from this regular season for Scott Satterfield in year one? Um. I think there's a few things. I think one, you start to real see like kind of who he's gonna be as a coach in his time here. I think um, he's obviously an offensive minded guy, and I think everybody knew that. But he's one who's still very, very um, focused on like the very small, minute details. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you saw even saw in the maybe it was a Syracuse game where they were still adding to the offensive playbook. Um, there were like a few plays they ran again in that Syracuse game that you d- hadn't seen all year. So I thought that was interesting that they're still kind of adding to that till late in the season. Um, and that he's going to be a pretty aggressive coach. Um, he doesn't does not mind going in for fourth down, and I don't think that's just because Button Creaky's not there. Even when he was like the Wake Forest game, or Evan Conley ran for a touchdown on fourth down to seal the game. That was 
um, that was a, obviously it was kind of a weird scenario where you punt, pin him, or you go for it. But very aggressive coach as well. But I think he's set a, a good foundation or a good standard to where he wants to where he's going to be. Um, get a really strong offense. I think they'll be they'll build more defensively. But you can't really complain about seven and five as your first year. Um, and then ACC Coach of the Year. It's hard to live up to ACC Coach of the Year, year two, year three, year four. Um, but um, he's he's been a great, been off to a really really good start. Now the key is continuing that or carrying that momentum. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think the mood was from him? Because you know I wasn't there Sunday at the bowl game with the bowl presser for the bowl game. You know, I was covering the state championship in Lexington. Um, I guess what was his feeling like? Is he? I mean, just kind of same old, same, same old, same old. Chill, relaxed. Yeah. He really didn't. You not not over excited. Didn't wasn't like yelling about a lot of stuff. It just same old, same old. He pretty much said we got to tackle better. We got to catch the ball and throw the ball better. <laughs> we got a lot of things to get better on if we're gonna win a bowl game. Yeah. It's same old, same old. But I think also he knows that. Um, I think if you you talk to him away from the presser and just just in conversations in the hallways, you you can see that he is. Obviously, very excited about this game. Very excited about the opportunity this program has because they have a chance not only to win eight games, but you can beat Mississippi State and SEC program on national television. That's huge for recruiting. Um, that's huge for the program's momentum. And I think just in general, this whole year, I don't think anybody expected this. I don't think really even they expected this. Um, I think many in that in that building probably thought if you win a bowl game, you're in good shape. Um, or not win a bowl game, go to a bowl game, we're in good shape. But to finish with seven wins, second in the Atlantic Division, um, I think he's pretty excited and pretty happy with how things are going. And I think he's probably even more excited coming off the road from recruiting because of everything he's heard from recruits. Um, they seem pretty excited about everything going on as well. So Has some um, new commits. Yeah. yeah Has some yeah, new Josh guys. Josh Griffiths was the big one. Yes. Um, the three-star defensive man who decommitted from Florida State Friday and after Louisville came to visit him and they committed to Louisville on Sunday. Cardinals didn't have a defensive end in the 2020 class. They needed a dynamic guy to just go get the go get the quarterback. Um, and Griffiths is one of them. Um, and then they had two 2019 guys who didn't academically make it in the fall, who will be here in the spring. Um, Jerry and Boykin, also a four-star defensive end, yeah, um, who's a big who's a big body who can go get after the quarterback. And then um, Jamel Starks was a recruit they had at App State. Um, Brian Brown recruited him there, and he came. He's will be here in the spring for Louisville as well. Yeah, so uh, you can see the recruiting. It's a great Sunday for Louisville. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you couldn't get asked for much better in yeah. that regard. You know, say so yeah. you're in a bowl game, you're going to a great location in Nashville. You're playing a team that you can win, yeah, that you can, can be. Um, well. And then, like I said, you're getting some much needed commits. So right. you can just sense that they've just rejuvenated the program yeah. and. Players are interested in Louisville, and I think you can also look at what Scott Satterfield is doing. I think if he can continually recruit at a high level, you have to believe that he can keep it rolling in a positive direction because you can look at App State now. Right. 12-1, and one, they're right. going after to a big left. bowl. Yeah, right. after he left. So uh, people's kind of made the comment and made the joke, uh, the former coach now who just got the Mizzou job, uh, Eli Drinkwich, like he owes him a drink or yeah, <laughs> pay yeah. his tab at the bar. Because yeah, he didn't recruit those guys. He I mean, did he, he got there. If Satterfield got here December 4th, there's no – I don't know exactly when he got to App State, but it was very close to signing day because Satterfield didn't even have a chance to recruit here at Louisville. Right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he pretty much had Satterfield's team, and which was one of the youngest teams in the country in 20, 2018. Um, so, I just it's tough. It's, it's one of those weird things. Where I think I, I agree with you. I think if he's able to recruit, I don't necessarily think it has to be at a high level because he recruits particular guys. Yes. Um, he's not going after five star guys all the time. He's going to, obviously, you're going to recruit those guys. You're going to recruit four stars, but mm -hmm. if he doesn't get them, it's not the end of the world for him. He just wants guys who are going to buy into his system. Yeah. 
Um, and I think it's worked. Um, yeah, it worked I, there. Yeah, these um, are guys that weren't even in this, you right. know, part of this system a right. year ago, but they yeah. bought into it and right. results and positive results happened. Right. So you're thinking, I mean, he's shown nothing this year that makes you think that if he can recruit the guys he wants, that he won't have success because he's been a good coach. I think this year you could look at three games, maybe, maybe four games where he's legitimately been out coached. Um, and if you're looking three or four out of twelve games. Um, that's that's a pretty good ratio to have. Yeah. So I mean, he's nothing he's done this year makes you think that if he gets the the recruiting going and gets the guys he wants, that he he wouldn't have success here. Yeah, and I think that is an interesting point in terms of being out coach. And it's like you could say like second half of Notre Dame. Yeah. Second half of probably Florida State, and you know what I mean. Well, not well, no yeah. second half. That's when he got a rolling against right. Florida State. I don't State, even think but he got a coach against Florida State. I just don't think the team was right. I just they didn't seem like they. Right. They just got hit in the mouth and didn't respond. Right. So I maybe like that. the start of Florida State. Right. Like, maybe I don't think he, and really. I don't think he got out coached there. I think if you're looking at the games he got out coached, second half of Notre Dame. Yeah. Clemson, because I mean that that defensive. State, I don't even know if that's fair. No, nah, I mean that defense. They they that offense had no clue what they were going to do against that defense. I mean, that scheme was just like they, even the quarterbacks are just like, we just, I mean, we couldn't, we didn't know where to go. Um, Miami. Yes. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Those are the four. See, I, um, I agree with three out of the four. Yeah. I, it's, I, I do. I think, yeah, I think, I think there's three or four or so. I have right, three right. and a half, I guess. Right. Um, that you could realistically say that. Yeah. Um, Kentucky, but, yeah, without question. Yeah. And I don't even think, again, I think you lose by that much. Some of it is coaching. I'm not taking any of the blame away from Scott Satterfield. Right. But at the same time, that defense was in positions to make tackles. They just didn't make tackles. Right. The offense also looked just like completely dis- like stagnant. The defensive line just dominated Louisville's yeah. offensive line. So, like, part of it is personnel. Part of it is coaching. That's what's difficult. It's, it's yeah. difficult to make the out-coached comment sometimes because of, like, okay. These aren't the guys that fit their schemes. Yeah. Like, you look at Kentucky's offensive line. You look at Louisville's defensive line. Right. You look at Louisville's offensive line, Kentucky's D line. Like right. these are those are some boys. Right. Like they have some dogs over there. Clemson, right. of course, they have some dogs. Yeah. So Notre Dame, they have some dogs. So it's difficult to say that, but at the same time, like you said, when you see that final score, it's both. It is both. Right. And here's the one thing I will say is that it's also coaching in the fact that Louisville hasn't lost back to back games all year. No. That's you're I think right. that's the promise that you like to see when you're looking about looking in the future when they get guys yes. that fit everything. That's that's what you'd like to see because they surely could have just after getting blown out by Clemson, they were supposed to lose to Virginia. Yeah. And they didn't. That's probably one of their biggest wins of the year. Yeah. Um and, I, and he's about, done a great job of preparing. Right. Like each and every week right. getting that prep. And that, so. this team this team hasn't had a hangover all year. No. I mean, I think if you're looking at a hangover, their only hangover was that first half against NC State after being blown out by Miami. They look like the exact same team in the first half of NC State, and then they came out and dominated. Yeah. They just haven't had it. And I think that's been the biggest surprise because you thought coming into the year that this, if they had the same roster from last year, once they got hit in the mouth, how would they respond? Yeah. And they haven't. They haven't had their heads down. They haven't had a hangover all year, which has been pretty impressive. It is impressive because, yeah, there's really only been two games that were head scratchers. Yeah. Miami and Kentucky, Kentucky where yeah. just the wheels fell off. And yeah. it's just like – Especially because it happened later in the year. Yeah, you thought they'd be more put together by then. Right. Yeah. I think that's the only reason why it was just like they came off that second bye week and it's just like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you wrote about this and we talked about this before. The issues that you saw in Miami, you saw at Kentucky, you can even mention you saw at points against Syracuse, like the missed tackles and all that. This has happened all year. Yeah, yeah. It's not like – It just got amplified. It, it just got amplified yeah. because they actually had – Because these teams were capitalizing more. Right. Like and Lynn Bowden capitalized on right. the missed tackles. Chris Rodriguez capitalized right. on those missed tackles. And it Miami's it, passing attack, you and know. it would have been a bigger deal, and I wrote this in a story, like almost word for word, 
the defense would have been a bigger deal this year if the offense wasn't so good. Yeah. If the offense didn't bail it out so much. Like, you're talking about Boston College, Wake Forest. Like, those are games where if the offense isn't putting up 600 yards, we're talking about the defense a lot more. Yeah. Um, so I, I get like it, like yeah, like you said, it's it's been bad all year. So it's not like a shock. It's just the Kentucky game; the offense just didn't do anything. Yes, um, Miami game especially as well. So, um, but yeah, you're talking about out coach and their ability to come back from 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 losses. I think those are the two things I think where you're looking if you want something to look forward to even after a loss for this program. Um, is that that this it's not they don't do it they don't lose after they don't lose after losses I mean it's just really been and now they might do it next year depending <laughs> on what the back to backs look like but it's just that that has been one of the bigger surprises to me is the way this team handles adversity whether that's in the first half or after a loss or anything like that yeah um, for a team that many thought of as one that just gave up when things got tough last year they haven't done that and that's a credit to Satterfield and these guys I yeah think. so I I also think so much we give credit to Satterfield and not the players. They they have to buy into what he's doing. You have to buy in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great point. And then at the same time, when things go wrong, they also have to be. They also have to know and have the like the competitive spirit in the heart themselves to not do what happened last year. So I think Satterfield's done a great job. Not taking that away, deserved ACC Coach of the Year yeah. in my opinion. Got my vote. Yeah. But also credit to get players. I think that for them to turn this around, they also had a lot to do with them too. Absolutely. And I think the Notre Dame game was the first game for me where I said, okay, this team is going to be all right. Satterfield referenced in the first half the way they played. He knew it. But for me, it was the fourth quarter. Notre Dame scored. They were up a couple touchdowns. You knew the game was over. Notre Dame has the ball. They're driving down the field. Louisville's defense still forced a three and out, forced them to punt. The offense was trying to move the ball. So that's when I said, okay, look, they're not going to quit. They're going to be a little bit better than expected, and they're going to play hard. Even then, though, I still didn't think they would get to seven wins, but they managed to do that, and like I said, they have a chance to get eight. But year two. Yeah. Hey, the honeymoon will be over, which is – we'll we'll talk more about that at the the end of the year podcast, and even Satterfield gets that, and, you know, it's kind of the cliche thing to say, but it is true. I mean, like Chris Mack, it's like, how do you follow up getting to the tournament? Yeah, just just beat the number one team in the country. Right, yeah. Easy. Yeah, Easy so second year. Satterfield just gets hey, in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, Scott Satterfield to do what Chris Mack does. Yeah. Now, now Chris Mack has laid the foundation. Now you got to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and TP and TP houses, and houses too, yeah. Which yeah. was hilarious, yeah, by the yeah. way. That was really good. We yeah. watched that. I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, But let's move along. Let's just look a little bit at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, Before I get your thoughts on that, um, I do want to go to Scott Satterfield. Obviously, he knows nothing about Mississippi State at that time. But just a l- little bit of takeaways from the press conference and just some things that he had to say. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, opportunity, great opportunity um, to go go play in postseason. You get these 15 extra practices, probably roughly. Um, you know, work with our guys again. I, you know, we're excited about getting back to work. I know it's been a, you know, this break from practicing. Um, you know, I'm ready to get back get on the field the field again. And then another opportunity to go out and and play a game and. And, um, you know, hopefully get the bad taste out of our mouths from the last last time we played. And um, but I think more importantly, just the, the opportunity to go work with our team, um, you know, for three more weeks and, and to go play with this team one more time on the field. I think that that's the part that I'm most forward look, looking forward to. Just like Scott Satterfield, you haven't been able to do a whole lot of research on Mississippi yeah. State because, like I said, it hasn't even been 24 hours yeah. since you've learned who yeah. Louisville was going to play. But just some early homework 
what are some things that you've discovered about this team? Like, you know, they're six and six, had a losing record in the SEC, but they did beat Kentucky during right. Kentucky's skid when they didn't have Lynn Bowden right. playing, quarterback. playing quarterback. Sawyer Smith was still playing, who wasn't one hundred percent at that time either. Right. But you know, they've had a couple wins. I was like, okay. Not too bad, you know, that looked pretty good, but then there's been they, they, a few games that it's like, oh, boy. They won the Egg Bowl only because the player peed. Uh, fake peed. Fake peed <laughs> on a fake high fire hydrant acting as a fake dog. Yes. Um, which is one of the craziest ways to lose a football game I've ever seen in my life. But also to get um, you a bowl game. Yeah, true. That's how they got bowl. Like, think about that. That's yeah. unreal. If a guy doesn't fake pee and yeah. Louisville is not and playing they, this they team. they make that extra point, they're not playing Mississippi State. That's yes. unreal. It's crazy um, how that works. But, yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, they. Uh, SEC's leading rusher is the big, one big thing that stands out. Um, yeah. They're over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, I, he, I don't think he'll be the best back on the field. I think Javion Hawkins will be the best running back on the field. But it, that doesn't matter. It depends what defense you're going against. And Louisville's defense struggle, has struggled the last two games to three games all season, defending yeah. the run, tackling, yeah. um, making correct angles when people break big plays. Um, so that would be a big thing. Uh, they have a pretty mo- – uh, not a, I wouldn't say super mobile quarterback, but a, a dual-threat quarterback, true freshman. Um, he had 300 total yards against Kentucky. Um, strong, 6'4", 220, I think. Um, he's, so he, he's – not, not a guy who I don't think he's too confident in his arm yet because he's still young. I think he knows the offense, but he just hasn't thrown the ball a ton. I think they're 12th in passing offense maybe in the SEC. Um, but um, still a guy who is a, is a threat with both his legs and his arm. Um, defensively, I think they're one of the worst SEC teams in the country. Yes. Into, uh, SEC, SEC teams are defending the pass. One of the worst teams, I think they're bottom third in the country in defending the pass. And they give up 250 yards, 20, 250 yards a game. I think it's near 14 yards a completion, which I think is a big stat because Louisville averages 17 yards a completion. That's, I mean, that's unreal because yeah. Louisville will have a shot to, to have a chance for big shots in a game, in a passing game. But they do turn the ball. Uh, they do force turnovers. Yeah, I think mean, top 20 in turn- turnovers forced, 23 on the year, 10 interceptions, 13 fumbles forced or fumbles recovered. Um, so if Louisville can take shots deep. Um, in the passing game, and not turn the ball over. I think they're in a pretty good. They got a pretty good shot. They're going to have to score because I mean Mississippi State. They're going to score. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't seen anything the last month since the Virginia game that makes you think that teams won't score on Louisville. Exactly. Um. So the offense is going to have to be similar to how they were against Wake Forest and Boston College, um, and put up points. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. This game, obviously, we're not going to do picks yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that in a in a few weeks. Probably guess another two weeks or right. so. We'll do picks on this game. But it's so hard because look at Mississippi State. I've watched them a couple times. I mean, they're not very good. Yeah, they don't. They don't blow you away. They don't. Like no. I just like I pulled up the schedule. They, they beat, lost like four or five in a row in the middle of the season. They like did. That. They had a tough skid. Obviously, the SEC. You know, yeah. they played a tough right. shirt. But like they beat Louisiana Lafayette, who's actually a ten-win team. Beat Florida State. Yeah, beat Florida State. <laughs> App State. Yeah. They played. Oh, they didn't. Be, sorry, they didn't beat Florida State. They lost by an extra point. Yes, right. and then I mean in the conference championship game with App State, they had a good game. Yeah. So they won that game by ten. You beat Southern Miss, a seven-win team, Conference USA. Yeah. You know, uh, they were able to get a win there, but then lost to Kansas State. Like I said, Kentucky might be your best win of the season. Yeah. Um, but you got blown out by Auburn. You lost to Tennessee by ten. Tennessee has been a very impressive turnaround team. You know, of course, blown out by LSU, who, I mean, best team in the country. So, Burrow, national champs. Yeah, so I, that's that's my pick, by the I way, see. to win a national championship. Lost to Texas A&M by 19. You beat a horrible Arkansas team. 
you, of course, lost to Alabama, Abilene Christian, and then, of course, Ole Miss because the guy fake peed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Kentucky point. probably is their best win. But it has so, to be. Ole Miss is, yeah, that's the only bowl eligible team they beat. I mean, no, no they beat all, the only three. Power Five bowl eligible. Power team Five, yeah, because Southern Miss and Louisiana yeah. Lafayette, they're bowl eligible yeah. teams as well. With, but yeah, Kentucky is your with best. a hurt quarterback. Yes, exactly. So I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's the defense that it just you don't know what yeah. to think. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's not like the, and it's not like that running back was beating up on nobodies. Yeah. He ran for over 100 yards in seven games, and that's a pretty tough schedule to do that against. Exactly. Um, and he had 200. He had 230 yards against Arkansas. Arkansas is Arkansas, but um, Louisville's defense isn't, isn't Arkansas. Probably the worst Power Five team in the country. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But Louisville's defense isn't great right now. So, right. That's uh, that when you give up over 500 rushing yards from yeah. a one-dimensional Kentucky yeah. team. So, you know, <laughs> you yeah. you can't really look at anything. Oh, they're, they're offense. It's hard to justify it. It's I, really I do hard think, to. And I've been saying this on Twitter. It will be very interesting to see, and I mean that this time, Yeah. Um, that Brian Brown, Louisville's defensive coordinator, is an Ole Miss grad. Mm. Played in the Egg Bowl three, four times, I think. Um, when he was at Ole Miss, knows a lot about Mississippi State. I think that's interesting from a very selfish journalistic storyline perspective, <laughs> because I'm interested to kind of talk to him and see his story, see kind of get the sto- some stories he has from his time at Ole Miss playing Mississippi State. I think the the Egg Bowl is probably one of the better uh, unknown or hidden rivalries in the country. A lot right. of people don't talk about it, but it's a fun one. I think it's it's crazy, right. especially when you talk about the Cowbells. Right. Which also we should note, Cowbells will not Mississippi State's Cowbells will not be allowed at the game. Which I didn't care. I they are they are obnoxious. Have you, if you've never heard them, they are obnoxious. Yes, but I think it's a part of the game, like the experience. Oh yeah, it's cool. But I'm I'm just saying, if I don't have to hear them, I'm good. They're obnoxious. They're bad. <laughs> but could you even really hear them in the press box? Yes, you can hear. Them. Yes, really. I didn't yeah. know if you could yeah. really hear when, them because, like me on the field, like I can hear everything. Yeah, no, I've I've been to one where you, where it's got kind of going crazy. You can hear it. The only there's a few other in game like fan things that are I think compared to that um you've probably never been to an Arkansas basketball game nope they do they, they do it at football games a so whoopig suey chant yeah but it's unreal at Bud Walton Arena because the Bud Walton Arena is like it's so compact and so yeah. small everything echoes and then it'll be silent at timeout and you just hear these people start chanting whoopig suey it sounds like a a horror film <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> um that's the one that I think that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in a, a game, but the Cowboys are pretty bad as well. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I do like it. I, I like it. I like honestly. band tradition. It's cool. Yeah, I think it's it's cool, if but I don't have to hear it, I'm down. But hey, like I said, we won't have to hear it. Yeah. So Louisville fans, like you get on Twitter, they're all going nuts about like, yeah, finally glad, yeah. you know, good, good, no yeah. cowbells. But oh well, I guess no one will have a fever. Yeah, true. So they won't have that prescription of yeah. Work out. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. You, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's get out of here. We thank you all for listening to this week's edition of the Cards HQ Louisville Sports Insiders Podcast. We still have a f- few more podcasts that we'll touch on before a Louisville heads to Nashville to play Mississippi State in the Music City Bowl. So Cameron will still have some stories coming out. We'll still have videos. We'll have scorecards. We'll have all kinds of coverage for this bowl that we'll be talking about. So be sure to follow along with all of us. Be sure to subscribe to the Apple Podcast. Follow along on social media and our website and on SoundCloud. So for Cameron T. Robinson, I'm Dominique Gates. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>